This episode of Tour Denver is brought to you in collaboration with Sunrise Robot. Be sure to visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Tour Denver is a storytelling event created by Amber Blaze, Derek Mund, and me, Michael Edwards. Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen and three curated storytellers share their tales. In addition to the three chosen raconteurs, audience members have an opportunity to sign up and tell their own stories. All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming Tour events and listen to other episodes at raconteurdenver.com. This very first Tour Denver event took place at the Denver Bicycle Cafe on January 12th. The topic of the night was firsts. Chris Stricky is a true creative, a yoga teacher, a writer, and a singer-songwriter and musician with the band Chimney Choir. You can check out their phenomenal music at chimneychoir.com. Chris tells the story of her first experience of deep meditation and her unexpected battle with her inner demons. Let's hear Chris tell her tale. So in early 2010, I signed up for a 10-day silent meditation retreat called Vipassana, and I had virtually no experience with meditation whatsoever. But what I did know was that I had trouble sitting still. And I really desperately wanted to sit still because I knew that I wanted to write music. And when the time came to sit down at a piano or at a page, I would be just paralyzed and super self-critical and um, neurotic and viewing myself from the outside. And I would do anything to get myself out of that uncomfortable situation. So I figured that this would be the perfect opportunity to dive into the deep end of my psyche and move things around for better or worse. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And um, so the day finally comes and I went to Vipassana and they give us a list of rules. The rules are there's no reading and no writing. There's no, uh, no talking, no eye contact no yoga practice, um, and you're basically meant to sit and be inside of your own experience from 5 a.m. until 9 p.m. with just a few breaks throughout the day. We would fast uh, after noon time, and we weren't allowed to leave the perimeter uh, of the property, which was just behind the buildings that we were in. And already, without having done a second of meditation, I felt a little bit like a caged animal. So the day begins at 5 a.m., and uh, we would sit for two hours. We're given the instruction to pay close attention to the breath as it comes out of the two nostrils and focus your entire attention on that small perimeter of each nostril every second and every minute for every day for three days at first and 10 days total. And... Um, I don't know if there's any way to really describe to you what that's like, except that it's a, an entire lifetime's worth of trial and suffering. Because I immediately realized that there is a crazy person in my head and that she is totally owning me. 
I realized that this person is, I'm trapped inside of my body with her. The part of me that is me is just constantly in battle with her. And that she wants nothing more than to interrupt any moment of peace or focus that I have. She tells me how not good enough I am and how uh, ashamed I should feel for anything from my past and anything in my upcoming future. She criticizes the people around me really harshly and makes me feel very, very small. And I'm just here with her every moment for hours and hours and hours. So uh, two hours of meditation before breakfast and I spend approximately the last 75% of those two hours thinking about breakfast and fantasizing about what it's going to be like to eat food, right? I'm so like understimulated that the thought of food filling me just sounds like it's going to hit the spot. And I do often sit at meals and feel so touched by the smell and the taste of what's sitting in front of me. I'm overwhelmed I vacillate wildly between feelings of total bliss uh, when people hold the door open for me when I'm going to the bathroom. It feels like the greatest kindness that I just want to throw myself down at their feet and say thank you. Um, and then conversely, if someone cuts in front of me while I'm waiting in line to do the dishes, I feel such road rage, like I'm late for an appointment and I'm in the middle of the city driving, but I actually have nowhere to go and nowhere to be, but the rage still comes up. And I have no ground underneath me. I'm going from positive to negative poles all day long, every day, and I'm exhausted. So the sixth day comes around and I wake up with these really dark, ominous thunderclouds around my head. I feel like I've been in a pressure cooker for 144 hours and I'm about to blow up. And uh, I go to morning meditation and I actually don't even remember what happened that morning except for the feeling of desperation and desolation inside of me. I was so desperate to get out of my own skin. I felt like I couldn't go another second. And the chimes rang for the Newton time break and I completely lost control. I stumbled out of the meditation hall and I ran outside and I collapsed in the grass and I sobbed like a banshee. I wailed like a person who was just totally overcome. And I was, I was out of control. And the part of me that was me was watching it happen and standing aside, just having to wait until it was over. I also noticed at that moment that there was a, tre a tremor running through my body. Um, it was like the circuit board that controls me was surging and shorting out, and it felt like an internal electrical storm was going on. It was pretty fascinating. Um, I also felt a little bit relieved that something was finally moving after being so stuck for so long. And eventually the tears did stop. Uh, I felt like I had tapped into this pain that was universal and bottomless, and it wasn't even mine, but it just raged me for a little while. And when I finally got up, I went inside and sat down next to my friend Laura, who was doing the retreat with me. And she knew that I was suffering, and she slid me a couple of slices of clementine orange. And to this day, there has never been a greater sweetness than that moment. It made me cry all over again. 
And then the time came to go back inside and sit for six more hours. And I felt this really odd kind of calm come over me. I went into the meditation hall and sat down and closed my eyes. And I said to myself, I can't fight anymore. I'm not going to fight anymore. And I surrender. And that's when everything changed. So the voice that was happening in my head was still there, but I had been through so much in that electrical storm that I felt very far away from her. Like she was coming from an iPhone speaker across the room, and she was still saying really mean things, but I didn't care. And the less that I cared, the farther away and smaller she got, and the bigger and more spacious I got. And then also that electrical storm that had raged me became a sort of soft buzzing hum over my entire body. It was this really warm frequency and it felt really restful to be there. And I just wanted to plug myself into it and hang out in my body where these waves were coming in and out. I became fascinated with the way that my breath would cascade in and out of my body. It felt like I was both in control of it and it was also happening to me. And how can that be, that I'm breathing it and it's breathing me? I spent the afternoon in this sort of timeless, eternal state. And uh, I can only describe it by saying it's something like being out in the country at night by yourself and looking up at the night sky and feeling your own impossibility and your own impermanence. And climbing a mountain and looking down on the world where you live in, where you've been toiling and pushing and realizing that it's just a tiny little toy snow globe village and you can shake it around and laugh. I also realized in that moment that my meditation practice is a practice for life. It's like rehearsal. And that in those moments when the voice threatens to sweep me away, that's when the practice really begins. And life becomes a game that you can play and get better at. And learning to play the game and get better at it means learning to allow love in and to touch you even more deeply. And that learning to allow love to come in and touch you more deeply means inherently that you're going to feel deeper pain. And that in order to allow the love in, I was going to have to be okay with pain and look at it head on and stay steady. So the rest of that day passed timelessly. And for the next few days till the end of my retreat, I still st struggled a little bit with the voice in my head, but I had had a taste of the other side. And I knew now how to reorient myself in the direction of beauty and waves. And now my thoughts were like clouds, just sort of all a part of the scenery that I was watching. And these days, I'm still learning um, to focus on the energy that animates me and brings my breath and to let it pour through me in the form of words and melodies and movement and laughter. But that was really the first day that I understood how to play the game. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Raconteur Denver. 
Visit RackandTourDenver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, and more episodes. This podcast was recorded and edited by Michael Edwards of Sunrise Robot. Visit SunriseRobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. <laughs>